Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And Monday morning, Birds fans. Welcome in to Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, did you have a good weekend, Mr. McMullen? Uh, yeah, it was nice. How was yours, Jody? A little bit too hot, but yeah, back to normal today. I was like, what happened this morning? Uh, it's a little chilly, if anything. Yeah, a so. little breeze when we got the dogs out this morning. Yeah. Um, in honor of the hot weather, I decided to go with my Andy Reid looking best time. There we Bahama. go. Look at that. Look at summer has actually arrived. Forget spring. We didn't actually have spring. We went from fall straight through till summer this week with temperatures well into the 90s. It's from the Paul Paul Damo collection. Uh, Damo's Damo. got a couple of these. Yeah. I got a couple too. Not not quite as nice as Andy Reid's, I'm sure, but uh, thought we'd go a little relaxed since uh, the summer weather is in. Before we know it, we'll get to Eagles camp, summer weather. Uh, being a key there. Uh, but before we even get into the football, we've got two good guests coming your way today. Um, Want to give props to the Philadelphia Eagles as an organization. They had their autism challenge this weekend. We had Howard Eskin on with us last week. He gets out and rides. He's ridden all five years of the Eagles autism challenge and, and did so again this week. He helped contribute to the raising of over $4 million dollars in the five years, the Eagles have been doing the autism challenge. They've raised over $16 million uh, for research uh, to fight autism. A very worthy cause. Jeff Laurie, since the day uh, bought the team, has been a very community-conscious owner and a very uh, charitable and giving owner as well. And this is one of the big events that the Eagles have during the year, the Eagles Autism Challenge. And congrats and thanks to them for raising over $4 million this week. Yeah, tremendous job. And that's one thing, you know, that Jeffrey Laurie, I, I often talk about, look, I criticized him for some of the decisions uh, uh, regarding the football team. And that's 
part of the gig, so to speak. It's not a gig. He owns the team, but it's a big gig is what yeah. it is. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, specifically most recently uh, how they moved on from Doug Peterson. But one thing you can't criticize the Eagles for is the, is the work they do in the community. And they, you know, they're one of those teams. And, you know, I was back with Dennis Green when he, he called it community Tuesdays and he kind of started it around the NFL. He was the guy, one of the reasons I, I pushed for <clears throat> Denny Green to be in the hall of fame, but uh, that's another conversation for another time. But, um, you know, sometimes people get caught up in the, in the football part of it, understandable because people are passionate, but when you see things like that, it's, it, it is really, you know, gives you a moment to step back and say, there's bigger things than football and the Eagles do a lot for this, for this community. And they have done a lot since, as you mentioned, since Jeffrey Lurie really got here. And this is his passion. I mean, it's been his passion autism for years and uh, obviously has, you know, it's affected his family. So um, yeah, wonderful job. There's, there's nothing else you can say about it except all positive. And Jeff Laurie and the Eagles are the driving force and they're the ones who organize this and uh, collect all the funds and make sure it gets 100% to the proper people uh, to uh, put into effect what they want, which is to help find a cure for and the treating of autism. But Howard Eskin at all and all his buddies who went out there and either walked or ran or biked they're as much a part of this as Jeff Laurie is because they're the ones that are actually doing the work. It's only a one-day work. It's a pretty strenuous day of work with temperatures being what they were yesterday. Uh, Jeff Laurie and the organization are kind of dedicated to this 365 a year. Uh, but let us tip our cap to any of you who got out and uh, participated in yesterday's Autism Challenge. We thank you as well. All right, uh, let's do what we do. Johnny Mack would just talk about the Philadelphia Eagles on the football team. No big moves this week. Not really a surprise. The Bradbury uh, trade, uh, excuse me, signing came down last week, which is, in my eyes, a major addition. And a couple of places where it's shown up. Uh, I did double-check this weekend the at least my bet parks app where as per prior to Bradbury signing the Eagles were still at eight and a half on their under over for the season which I got a little action when it was in there at eight and a half and after the Bradbury signing I was going to jump back in and go a little bit harder at eight and a half it had gone up to nine and a half I don't know that James Bradbury was the lone reason for an additional game being added to their under over for the season, but that's exactly what the facts were. Um, it's probably a combination of things and the movement on these numbers is a little fluid, can be influenced by a lot of different things, but the Eagles were actually up to nine and a half plus juice, a little heavier on the over than it was on the under, if that's the way you were looking to go. And certainly that was the way I was looking to go. Uh, the Eagles look like a, a minimum double-digit win team to me. Um, so I did add a little bit more, but not as much as I was planning to because I thought I was going in at 8.5, and, and it was up to 9.5. So the Eagles are getting more respect, more love, if you want to put it that way, around the National Football League. Uh, earned, deserved. Are you surprised by the fact that this is the case? I, I'm not surprised 
that's an interesting uh, uh, word you use, earned. I don't think it's been earned. I don't think he can earn anything in May. But I do think, you know, you mentioned you got in, you know, before they signed James Bradbury. I thought that eight and a half number, I thought it was a little bit strange. I thought it was a little bit uh, uh, low. So I think that has more to do with, you know, a lot of people like you saying the same thing and saying, wow, that looks low. Uh, let me let me get in on this while I can. In fact, I think we encourage people to do that on the show when the schedule oh. came out. When, when, when um, we both went 11 wins. Yeah. I, I, I looked at that number and I, because all you have to do is look at last year and what they, what they ended up last year and, uh, surprising. And if anything, the schedule looks a little bit easier this year than last year. And it was pretty easy last year. So the schedule shouldn't be that big of an issue. Um, there's some, you know, under you peel the onion back. We've talked about the four games on short weeks on the road. There's some, there's some hurdles, but overall, when you compare it to other schedules, not difficult, um, in the NFL, as, as far as that goes. So, yeah, I think it just makes sense. And now I'm to the point where, though, I'm Jody, I think people are getting too excited. So I'm going to have the the pendulum effect. I'm going to have to snap some people back to reality. Uh, you know, so it kind of depends where you are. If you think this team is all of a sudden the legitimate Super Bowl contender, I'm not going to agree with you. Are are they a, 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 they're a playoff team already? I mean, you can argue bad schedule, uh, surprise some teams they didn't perform well in the playoffs certainly all those things are true but the bottom line is they were a playoff team and they've only gotten better from a talent standpoint uh but there's still some holes and i think i use that phrase all the time skipping steps i do think people are starting to skip steps and assuming this is all going to come together and hey hopefully it does maybe it does but uh you know it's time to snap back a little bit and say some people are skipping some steps. And the biggest question, of course, is the quarterback position. They've got a second-year starter who put up middling numbers last year and was dominated in a playoff game against a better football team with a better quarterback like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, but that is going to be a question that will be answered by the time we get to the playoffs. You believe the, the Eagles are a playoff team with Jalen Hurts, and why wouldn't you? They were last year, and they've only improved what's going to happen when the playoffs get here. We'll have the entire 17-game season to add to that judgment going in. Uh, and if you didn't get down on the Eagles at 9.5 this weekend, I, I'll check my, my app again here in just a second, but it's not coming back down because uh, one of the uh, forerunners in opinion-generating uh, uh, media opinions came out this weekend and had a pretty good review of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I respect, respect John McMullen as one of the best football writers in the country. One of the very few that I would actually put ahead of him would be <laughs> Peter King. That's um, okay, Jeff. Uh, and Peter King writes now for NBC and you catch his Monday morning column on uh, pro football talk on the website. He came out with his 2022 NFL power ratings, which I give him credit for because this is the time you should come out with it. Wait till after the draft, give a couple of weeks into free agency, 
Guys like James Bradbury being picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles, still big free agent moves. Most of them have taken place. Jadavion Clowney went back to the Browns this week. But this is the time of year. This is the week, as a matter of fact, that I think. If you're going to do power ratings, and all power ratings are is a beauty contest, beauty in the eye of beholder, what you think is going to happen. It doesn't designate anything. doesn't generate anything. It just gives you an informed opinion on how things are going to shake out in the National Football League. And Peter King put his power ratings up uh, uh, this morning. He readily admits last year, not a great year for Peter King in the power ratings. He had the Rams, uh, I believe it was uh, sixth overall coming into the season. They win a championship. He had Cincinnati 27th. Oh, Peter, you weren't alone there. Nobody had Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl. So don't beat yourself up too much about that one. But I'm 27th overall, and there are your two Super Bowl teams. So he said last year wasn't great. The year before, he had done actually pretty well. Have you seen Peter King's power ratings yet, John McMullen? I had not, so I just pulled them up when you were uh, talking. Uh, uh, that's too bad. I wanted to ask you. I wanted to quiz you on them. Uh, since you have them in front of you, I'll give them to our, our streamers. Uh, four, three NF- AFC teams at the top. Not a surprise. Most people believe the AFC is the uh, more dominant conference. The first NFC team, the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions at number four, the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers at number five, the former champions of football, the 2020 champions, Tom Brady returning to action for his Tampa Bay Bucks sixth, and fourth in the AFC as the ninth power-ranked team in the National Football League, the Philadelphia Eagles, only three teams in the NFC does he rank higher, Rams, Packers, Bucks, behind the Eagles at 10th, the San Francisco 49ers, behind the 49ers at 11th, the New Orleans Saints, which I rank a little higher than Johnny Mac does. He takes shots at uh, Mickey Lewis whenever given a chance. Yeah, that's I, a little high for me, Joe. Yeah, I, 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 it's even a slightly high for me, but not as high for me as it is for you. And at 15th in the NFC, uh, 15th overall in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys at 15th. He's got the Eagles at ninth and the Cowboys at 15th. We asked the question last week, have the Eagles uh, caught the Cowboys? According to Peter King, they've caught the Cowboys. They've passed the Cowboys. They've damn near lapped the Cowboys if the Eagles are ninth and the Cowboys are 15th. Peter King's on the Eagle train, Johnny Mac. Yeah, he is. And that's, you know, it's another example of where we're going. Look. I we had uh, Jason Cole on the show last week, and uh, I asked him that same thing. You know, I think it's pretty clear. Peter and I certainly agree on the top three teams in the NFC, uh, and and where whatever order you, you want to put them in, I wouldn't argue to be honest. And that's the Rams, the the Packers, and the Bucks. I think he can make arguments for all to be the best team in the NFC, and those to me. And then there's a drop off to number four. And Cole went immediately to the 49ers, which is probably correct. You know, I, I talk all, all the time about my respect for Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, there's some concern over the quarterback position there. And and that's about it, by the way. So, 
you know, Trey Lance turns into what they think Trey Lance can be, all of a sudden that's a really, really good football team. And if they have to go with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're they're going to have to win the same way they sort of won last year. And it's going to be more game manager, more more blood and guts football, more running the football, more physicality. But they can do that. They've proven they can do that with a Super Bowl run and a, a pretty deep playoff run as well over the past couple of seasons. So I don't know. That's an example to me of, of skipping steps, what I was talking about. Um, you know, I can't say the Eagles are better than that team right now. Uh, Dallas is the most interesting one, obviously. Um, and, you know, I think on paper, I've described it like this. I, I think the Eagles have the best roster of the, those two teams from uh, two to 52, as we say, uh, but they have the better quarterback. So, and, and I would say they also have the bigger playmakers, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. When you talk about Micah Parsons and uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Trevon Diggs, guys who make those big splash plays. I've talked about making the splash plays. We got to see now the Eagles have some potential to now develop players like that. But again, we have to see it. Um, I can make that argument that the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. I think, as I said, they have more overall talent now. Um, then when you go down from there, I, look, you know, Minnesota is an interesting team to me because they can go either way uh, to me because it's all going to be about the head coach. And I go back to Matt Nagy's first year in Chicago when he won 12 games. I could see Minnesota doing that because they have enough talent, uh, especially with, you know, Jefferson and Thielen and Cook and Hunter and uh, they still Eric Kendricks and on and on and on. Or, you know, he could be out of his depth as a rookie head coach and they can go the opposite way. So I'm not going to argue that the Eagles are should be ahead of them. The two interesting teams, one AFC, but we're sticking with the NFC. Arizona, 22? I, I don't know. I, I can't do that. I mean, I have a lot of problems with Arizona. A lot of problems. Hey, I'm comes- Starting with the head coach, I don't think he's a very good head coach. I, I don't think he belongs in this league. I think it was a reach when they did him. But they won a lot of football games because they have a lot of talent. And it starts with the quarterback. It might be a pain in the you-know-what but he can make a lot of plays. And when you start talking about the Arizona Cardinals and saying, well, they don't do this in the playoffs and they, and, and, and they, you know, falter down the stretch of the season. Oh yeah. But they're there though, because they're winning games early because they got more players than you do. Um, and, and Kyler Murray's capable of just, you know, really putting up some big numbers, both throwing the football, running the football, just making plays all over the place. That is way low for me for Arizona. Um, so, you know, there's some things, but I can see where Peter's going. His thought process is, well, the coach isn't very good. They're having troubles with the quarterback. You know, maybe they take a step back, maybe, but maybe the talent takes over and, Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray, and they win a lot of games again. Right. Peter King's making a prediction with that ranking. He thinks Kyler Murray isn't going to be the quarterback for the Cardinals. Who's the Cardinal backup quarterback, John? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you that, don't it, know. I don't know. That answers the question. 
If you think Kyler Murray is going to say, no, no contract extension, I'll just sit at home, thank you very much. Which, remember, he was drafted in the first round of the baseball draft, went and played a couple minutes of minor league baseball and said, see you later, A's, and decided to go up to the National Football League, which was a pretty good decision on his part. But he's not afraid to walk away when he thinks he's being either mistreated or there's a better situation out there for him. So for me, I read into that that, Peter King thinks that uh, Kyler Murray not going to necessarily be quarterbacking the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I, I, if that's his thought, man, I didn't read the little quip of, of, of what he said about the team. If he actually has, oh, that I didn't in either, there. but that's, that's the only way you can rank him as low as yeah. he's ranking I mean, him. That's, uh, and he uh, didn't he, just make that up out of whole cloth. Kyler uh, Murray said he's not showing up for camp until he gets his contract redone. By the way, it's Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. The ex Penn State. There you go. That's Colt you. McCoy is actually a pretty good backup, but yeah, I mean he can't. Um, I, I mean, number one, I disagree with Peter. If that's his thinking, I mean, he's going to play. He's not. He's not. He's not going to walk away. And ultimately, um, he's going to get his money. It's just a matter of of where and when. Um, and I assume it's going to be Arizona, but we'll see how that shakes out. Obviously, if he doesn't play, yeah. Uh, they're not going to be a very good football team uh, to bet on that. You know, we were talking about bets and betting on over eight and a half. I wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't bet on somebody walking away from their career at their, at, at the height of their career with, with all the money that they know is coming down the road. Might you be a little bit disappointed that you don't get it? Is it, you know, immediacy? Um, yeah, perhaps. But if Kyler Murray doesn't play for the Arizona Cardinals this year, I I would be stunned. Doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Ask Carson Palmer that a quarterback take a hardline stance about not liking their contract and not reporting to play football. All right. Uh, we are the Mac and Mac guys here on Bird 365. Got our first guest waiting in the green room. Had some very interesting posts over the weekend on his outstanding Eagles website, Bleeding Green Nation. The publisher and editor thereof, Brandon Lee Gowton, joins us next here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work. 
building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the Cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Eagles Talk Week here on Bird 365 as we get another week closer to the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles season, which people are excited about as well as this. We're talking about it here on Bird 365. We are bringing a third voice into the mix. He is the publisher and editor of Bleeding Green Nation and a frequent contributor here. And we always learn something whenever we bring BLG Brandon Lee Gouton into the mix. How are you, big guy? I'm doing great. How's it going, guys? Hey, BLG. Good to see you. Uh, I love it. There, we did it. We did the RVD thing. Um, I don't know if you heard while you were in the green room, but Jody and I were discussing uh, Peter King's uh, power rankings and all. But and, and I kind of mentioned I I want to see where you are with this, uh, Brandon. I've noticed this incredible sea change started day one in the draft where people went from all right, this Eagles team isn't ready for this, isn't ready for that, till now we're there. We're right there. Hmm. We're, we're ready to go. Uh, and Peter had them as ninth uh, in the NFL, fourth in the NFC. Do you think people are starting to skip steps? Now we've had this huge pendulum. Like this team is bang right there and better than the Dallas's of the world and the San Francisco's and the Arizona's. Skipping steps or not, BLG? I think when you look at the context of the division, you know, obviously it's easy to point to the Eagles maybe trending up, whereas opposed to the Cowboys, I think are very much trending not so much up. I think they've gotten worse this offseason in a lot of ways. I think it's hard to say how Dallas has gotten better in any way. Um, but at the same time, the Eagles haven't exactly owned the Cowboys, and until like, they can actually beat, and in fact, when Jalen Hurts has started against Dallas, it's only two times. Um, both blowout losses. So the Eagles yeah. very much have to prove they're the team to beat in the NFC East. But I think when you combine, you know, the schedule release into the mix here too, and the Eagles have obviously one of the easiest, if not like the easiest schedule in the NFL, just based on the teams they're playing and the quarterbacks they're playing. And you look at how they've improved in a lot of ways. I get There's plenty of cases for optimism. 
no one, no team is going to have a perfect roster. So I get they have the hole at safety. But I guess the one thing for me, it's still remains <laughs> a big question mark. And Peter King, I believe, did say in his rankings, he mentioned Jalen Hurts being like a C plus quarterback. And you know, your ceiling is only so high yeah. when you have that kind of player. Well, at least he gets it to ninth because that's where Peter <laughs> has him even with a C plus quarterback. Uh, BLG, I'm not as worried about the Eagles fans jumping the gun a little bit and pushing the needle a little too fast off the offseason they've had uh, and just judging where they fall in comparison to the other teams in the, in the NFC. Here's the one area where I do think they've gotten a little ahead of themselves, and maybe it's Howie Roseman bringing it on himself because he's had as good an offseason as he's had. They get a little greedy at least here on uh, our stream and on my Twitter, Jesse Bates. Now we got to get Jesse Bates. We can get Jesse Bates. All we got to do is give up a package and we'll be able to get you. Let's add Jesse Bates. They've done such a good job of checking the boxes and filling the holes and acquiring the players they have. They think anyone is now in within reach. There's no chance they're going to be able to get a guy like Jesse Bates, is there? I wouldn't say no chance. You look at the Bengals – uh, history of paying players they're not exactly you know the, the the team to rush to pay guys notoriously not big spenders so and you look at the fact that his age too I believe is only 24 25 like that could be a long-term piece uh, for this team it's not like you're selling out for a guy who's 29 or so and and might you know you might be paying beyond his prime years so I think it's possible I don't know likely I think Eagle Sands and every fan uh, every fan base kind of gets into a mode in the off season where, you know, there's that one hot name out there and it was Bradbury for a while. And I didn't think the Eagles were going to get him, but they did. Um, but then it's like, okay, we got him. Now it's the next thing. It's always, you know, you're moving on to the next name that's out there. So I think part of it's that. Um, the Bradbury signing, uh, Brandon, when you look at how the Eagles were able to get it done, um, a little bit over 7 million in guaranteed money, uh, typical voidable years, Howie contract, where it's going to be two point less than two point three on the salary cap. Um, what does that tell you? Um, now the timing tells you a lot. The calendar, it's not a great time for Bradbury to hit the open market, but I thought he'd get a little bit more than that. Is that uh, a little reason to press pause uh, on James Bradbury? Well, yeah, I, I don't think this is like a pro bowl. I know he was in the pro bowl a couple of years ago, but I don't know that, you know, he's going to be a pro bowl player for the Eagles. I think, you know, obviously there were a lot of financial reasons why the giants moved on from him, but if he was still kind of like an all pro pro bowl kind of player, they either would have kept him probably, or they would have had a better market for him and might've been able to trade him a little bit more easier with teams really trying to make sure they got him and didn't just let him go to free agency. So, you know, I think he's coming off a season where he missed like something like 12 tackles, a lot of missed tackles. Um, he had the worst passer rating allowed of his last four years. It was still good. It was like in the 90s. It wasn't terrible or anything. But point being, like he's not coming off his strongest year. So, you know, I don't know that the Eagles are getting an incredible player, but that's fine. I mean, if he's a really good starting quarterback or just even a good starting quarterback, then, you know, it's a fine contract. And you, may, you can figure out if you want to re-sign him after this year or let him walk and maybe help your comp pick formula so you know overall i think you know it fills a big hole on the eagles defense and really kind of helps further eliminate any excuses for jonathan gannon you know i think the defense arguably 
underperformed their talent level last year. Uh, if that happens again, I, I think the way to frame it is like Jonathan Gannon shouldn't be here next year because either he did a great job, he's going to get hired so someone else's head coach, or he underperformed and he shouldn't be back another season. Yeah, I think both you guys are underrating James Bradbury. That's why I was beating the drum as loudly as I was prior to their signing to get this done. I think he got a fair contract for uh, uh, joining the free agent fray at this time of the year. I think the Eagles paid fair market value for him, not above and beyond, but not below. I don't think they got a bargain either. I think he is a borderline pro bowl quarterback which I'll take him over Zach McPherson every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So you have to put it in the context of who he's replacing in the Eagles lineup. I thought it was a hell of a signing for Harry Roseman. But uh, again, yes, have some concerns that the Eagles think that now they can do anything. Eagle fans get a little carried away. What have we got? James Bradman, why can't we get uh, Jesse Bates? Yeah, They're not going to be able to pay the price. It's going to be at least a first-round draft pick to, to be able to get your hands on Bates in a trade, right? You don't think the Eagles would give up one of those two draft picks. They love the safety net they have for next year going into a draft where they may need to take a quarterback. If that's the price, they're not going there, are they, Brandon? Right, yeah. I don't I don't think they want to part with a first for that. Like you said, I think they have those earmarked for a quarterback if, if they need it. Obviously, if Jalen Hurts plays really well, great. Then they don't have to do that. But I definitely think they're, they're holding that in their back pocket. You know, I wonder if they can put a package that might be strong enough without a first round pick like you know maybe maybe some kind of second and like an Isaac Sumalo you know, Eagles obviously have a lot of offensive line depth we know uh, the Bengals could use some offensive line help so maybe there's something that can get done there obviously uh, I think some of this comes down to to a sense of maybe how dug in Jesse Bates is with the Bengals and like he's really just not going to play and, and kind of really forces his way out of there and puts since he kind of in a bad spot um, so yeah, again, I, I would say it's less than 50% chance, you know, he gets traded to the Eagles, but I would say, you know, it's above like 10, somewhere in there. Yeah. One of, one of the reasons, cause I've heard Isaac a couple times with Cincinnati and it makes sense from the perspective that that was their big issue, obviously the offensive line, even though they made it to the Super Bowl. But I do think it's kind of funny to think that, all right, one of the reasons he might be available, Jesse Bates is that the Bengals are the Bengals and they don't want to pay players. Right. And then we say, well, give him Isaac who's really expensive for a guard who doesn't play. So I'm not sure that's as natural a bit as people would assume, because again, it's the Bengals. So they probably don't want that contract either. Um, Off base there. I think the Samalo thing, just kind of taking it in, in his future, is interesting, especially when Herbig was still here. I guess maybe it's more likely that he stays now, that Herbig is gone. But I thought with Herbig here, it's like they have all these bodies yeah. on the interior offensive line. And Samalo is basically going to be a free agent after this season. And he's only played in like nine games or nine so. Games, yeah. yeah, the past Over two years. Two years yeah. yeah, so that's not great. Um, and he's going to be like 29 or so. So, you know, you kind of have to decide, like, is this a guy you want to pay? Is he here for the long haul? Um, is it worth keeping him just the year? And it might be. You know, it's obviously good to have a lot of offensive line depth and guys who can play multiple positions like he can. Um, but I think it is interesting to think about his future. I feel like, you know, it's him. Oh, yeah. Right? I think the Eagles would yeah. n- like to probably move on from yes. that contract. But I'm not sure the Bengals side of it would make much sense because of the way they do business and 
that's one of the reasons we said, well, maybe you can pry Jesse Bates away because, you know, the Bengals drafted a safety um, and they can go the cheaper route. And that's typically the way they do things. But then again, on the back end of that, you probably don't want Isaac's contract after playing just nine games in two years from the Bengals perspective. I, I don't think it's it's a match. Unless it's just like, you know, a case of a team overcorrecting a little bit. It's like, well, the offensive line undid our season. So now we have to throw like all the resources we possibly can at it to make sure that doesn't happen again. And sometimes teams do that and they fix that area. But then something else, you know, a whole uh, springs loose on the. Um, so maybe it's like that. And we'll have uh, Brad Spielberg next hour. I think I read somewhere today that the Bengals are in the best cap shape in the National Football League as of right now. So. They've got to spend it. Will they spend it is another question, John. You're right. They always find ways to keep money in-house. But if they really want to take a shot at going back to the Super Bowl, a guy like Sam Malo would uh, make some sense for that. All right, uh, BLG, did see on your site, you you tapped into the uh, inquiry as well. A couple of different sites are saying, Howie Roseman more leverage as the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles certainly since he came back and took over uh, from Chip Kelly when they put Howie away for a couple of years to go uh, scour the globe on how to be a general manager. And he came back better for it, uh, Super Bowl championship. And as of right now, maybe more leverage than he's had ever in the organization before. And Jeff Lurie isn't as hands-on as he used to be. Well, Jeff Lurie would be the first one to tell you that, that he's never been all that hands-on a uh, owner. Not sure we all believe that, but... Three, yeah, just three times. Three three times. <laughs> and damn if he wasn't good on all three of those. Um, are you buying what uh, they're selling, that Jeff Lurie has really put all of his eggs in Howie Roseman's basket and has total and utter faith? If he does, I think he's paid some dividends this offseason. But do you think that Howie is more in control? How much did the defections from the front office to the other organizations play into that? Well, I wonder if we'd be seeing the same kind of report uh, if the same thing was going on in theory, but like the off season wasn't as critically acclaimed. Maybe you know, would we be seeing the same kind of leak? Like, oh yeah, it's how we yeah. making all the moves, and the moves aren't very popular. So I, you know, had to kind of take things with a grain of salt and wonder whose agenda and who who is you know leaking what. Um, but I will say. I think Eagles fans should hope it's true in the sense that I think the Eagles have needed kind of uh, to, you know, the, the athletic and the inquirer have both done really good reporting on basically, I think, you know, a lot of dysfunction in the front office in the past. And I think part of that has been how we maybe delegating too much and not collaborating in a way that I think is actual collaborating, like collaborating to me is not just everyone taking turns at random points. Like let's just say, for example, the coaching staff getting their way when it comes to the Jalen Rager pick, like to me, um, a collaborative process is, you know, getting all the input from all sides and then someone at the top, Howie Roseman, like making a decision based on that information, but he has to own the decision and not be able to just pass the buck on the coach, coaching staff if they make a bad draft pick, like again, Jalen Rager. Um, so uh, <laughs> it makes sense to me that he should be leading the charge and should be at the top good or bad because then if they do well, great. Howie gets all the credit. If they do poorly. Okay. Well then you know, who's the blame. Yeah, it is interesting, Brandon. I've always, because I've had an issue with that, you know, and Jeffrey pushes that collaborative word a lot. And he made a big deal when he went. I think people kind of forget 
when he brought Howie back, it was sort of like, you know, we were all wondering, all right, he didn't call him general manager. And, and if you remember Brandon, he, he kind of put him back and then we didn't get to talk to him forever. And it, it kind of was like, it became osmosis. He just kind of morphed back into the position and the big buzzword, the corporate buzzword was collaboration. He's got to collaborate more. He's got to get along with people more. And I think there has been times over the years where he said, all right, you know what? I want Justin Jefferson. The scouts want Justin Jefferson, but Doug and the staff wants Jalen Rager. Let's defer to them. Um, Jeffrey Laurie, despite what he's saying, JJ Ortega. Well, okay, let's defer to the owner. Um, and then there's this sort of power vacuum that's developed because the Eagles have lost so many people. Mm. I think we're at eight people. Now, some of them they didn't lose, they they moved on from in the personnel department. Um, so he almost has to make more decisions. Um Good thing or bad thing that the power is centralized. Uh, you mentioned somebody's got to make a decision. I'm with you. I like that. I want somebody to say, all right, I hear your voices, but I'm making the decision. Isn't that the way it has to be? Yeah, I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Like You can you know, have, again, a process where voices are heard. Everyone is putting – I think you need people to feel like their input is being put in uh, and you're gathering and collecting all that information and you're weighing it. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the guy in charge or lady or whoever in charge has to make that decision. And, yeah, so I think it's good to see Howie doing that. Um, I think, <laughs> again, it's funny to me that it's coming out at this time when everyone is, is, is you know – praising their offseason um but to howie's credit i think you know he's done a good job and you know let's be clear here this is all on paper too um you know the season starts and they're not winning games well then all of a sudden it wasn't that great of an offseason so uh for now things look good and it seems positive but as you mentioned john like they've lost a lot of people they still might lose andy Wydell. We'll see if he's going to become the Steelers GM or not. So, you know, there's a lot of work for Howie to still do, at least in terms of stocking that front office pipeline and making sure they don't really miss any beats there. All right, BLG, I want to ask you to compare going forward a couple of Eagle draft picks from just two years ago, 2020. Uh, they took both Kevon Wallace and Davion Taylor. Taylor in the third, Wallace in the fourth, in the same draft. Both have played sparingly over the two years here way too much time on the injured list they've done what they've done they flashed when they flashed they've been on the bench when they've been on the bench the eagles have made moves around their position accordingly which one's got a chance to still be part of the mix in 2023 i'm looking past 2022 to 2023 mm. so you're factoring in what you think they're going to do in 2022 which one has a better chance of being a contributing eagle going forward past this year, Taylor or uh, Wallace? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say Taylor in part because TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are both on the final years of their deals. So in theory, they could both be gone next year and maybe Taylor steps up with Nicobe Dean. I think Taylor showed some promise in training camp last year early on. Now, you know, didn't stay healthy and didn't prove it in the real games, really. So still much for him to prove. But I feel like I may have seen more potential out of him than I really ever have seen out of Kayvon Wallace. And I know they have a big hole at safety, and there's an opportunity for him to step up there, too. 
Um, but I just I, I'll see it when I believe it more so with him. I really haven't seen that that potential that makes me believe, okay, there's something here with him and he can step up into a starting role. So I'll say Taylor and in part two, just because I think at the very least, Taylor might be able to help you out in special teams. I think that's another area where he's kind of shown some things or at least offers a little bit more intriguing upside than Kayvon Wallace does. Uh, so I'll go with him. Uh, let's talk about safety, uh, Brandon, uh, with Kayvon Wallace. And you mentioned, I think we all agree, there's there's a big hole at, at safety. And there's the one noticeable hole on this team right now is its safety. But what is the bigger part of the hole, Marcus Epps or Anthony Harris? Because I think a lot of people default to Marcus Epps. I think Anthony Harris, I think Epsy is the ascending player mm-hmm. and Anthony Harris is the descending player. I mean, the Eagles literally gave Anthony Harris a contract that is half the value than they did last year. They signed him to a one-year, $5 million deal initially. They brought him back on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. So not the, like, the best sign necessarily in terms of yeah, uh, a player and their value and how they performed last season and the demand for that player. So definitely something to consider there seems like a stopgap, you know, at most. And then, yeah, I think there's potential for Epps. I still think ideally he's more of a spot starter, a guy, a role player who can kind of rotate in. I don't think, I think he was one of your best two safeties and then God forbid he might be your best safety. If someone gets hurt, uh, if Harris gets hurt, that's not great. It's not ideal, um, but it's where they are right now. And it's hard to see anything changing because unless they trade for Jesse Bates, there aren't really, or Chuck Clark, maybe um, there, you know, there's, it's not like there's a, a James Brad- Bradbury safety version on the market anymore. There's no like player like, really intriguing out there that they can just sign. Um, and I don't know if they're going to want to do that. It seems like they are high on Epps. I think maybe even more so um, than, you know, they were with their cornerbacks clearly. And also Howie Roseman saying we have a higher position or we have a higher view of that position than maybe the media does and everything. So I think there's some truth to that. You know, Epps has been here for multiple seasons now. Um, he's kind of, his role has grown. He's for not being a full-time starter ever. He's gotten a decent amount of playing time so it's not like he doesn't have experience under his belt and that doesn't mean he'll be good um but it does mean it's not like he's being totally thrown to the wolves here and doesn't know what he's getting into so uh so we'll see blg my uh buddy and partner here john mcmullen emphasizes this often and he's right to do so uh the fact that the eagles like every other team in the national football league i'm not uh singling out the eagles but everybody's got less time to evaluate talent before the first regular season game. Practices are shorter, cut back because of the collective bargaining agreement. Nick Sirianni at all, the entire organization, seemed to cut back on it even more so. That, ah, we don't have to do that much work. Science is telling us where guys are more healthy because we actually do less. Uh, There are only three preseason games, whereas we used to have four to be able to evaluate these guys. So it's a tougher job and perception has to come more into the mix in putting together rosters and depth charts at specific positions because they just don't have as much time to evaluate. Guys can't go out and win jobs the way they used to. And John harps on this and he's right. It's it's accurate. So I'm going to ask you about the tight end position. We know Dallas Goddard is TE1. Who's TE2, TE3, TE4? We would love to be able to say, well, they're the side of themselves on the field of battle. 
except they don't because they practice less and they've only got three preseason games. So perception's a big part of it. How do you rank the Eagles tight ends behind Goddard? So if Tyree Jackson was healthy, I think he would be your tight end too. But alas, he's not. And I'm guessing he's going to start the season on the pup list, which means he'll be out for at least six weeks. Um, I think it's almost like a 2A and 2B with uh, Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra in terms of Jack Stoll's probably the better blocking tight end, which is significant for a team that I don't think they're going to run the ball as much as they were last year, where they were the <laughs> heaviest run team in the NFL. But I still, you know, that's going to be part of their attack for sure. And so he gets playing time there. And I think Calcaterra, based on his profile and kind of what he did at college, you know, he probably has more pass catching chops. So I think, you know, it could be like a mix of those kind of two skill sets and, and almost a rotation between those guys, as opposed to one guy just being totally out out in front of the other just because of the varying skill sets there so i would give stole the edge just because you know he's he has more experience uh in the system he's an older player um he's had this will be his first full off season you know to really train in a full uh program and everything so i'll give him the edge but i think it's kind of a mix um you know when we look at this team brandon and and we start looking at positions we mentioned safety obviously quarterback um, then you generally go to the depth. You just mentioned tight end. You got a great tight end, but you start wondering, uh, we don't have much depth here. Can Grant Calcaterra step up? Can Jack Stoll get better? Any other positions you're kind of looking at and saying, uh, okay, we might have a, a pretty good starter, but sprained ankle, somebody's out for two, two to three, four weeks. Any other areas where you're concerned and saying, I'd like to have a little more depth here? That's a really good question. Um, it kind of speaks to the roster. I think that they build up that I don't really see that as much. No, obviously, so there's some positions I think that look better on paper necessarily than like linebacker. Like we're just assuming that Nicobe Dean is going to come in and be awesome. And maybe he will. But again, there's a reason he fell. And I want to see how he holds up through training camp. And if he's there out there every day and he's he's not getting banged up and missing time and uh, and how he adjusts to the NFL. So, you know, until we actually see linebackers solved for the Eagles and you just look at the history uh, of their signings at that position, you know, it's not like necessarily just based on history. Kaiser yeah. White should even be considered a lock to make the team or through the make it through the year based on you know Eric Wilson and Zach Corey Brown. Nelson. Poor Corey Nelson. Paul Warlow. Yeah, Paul Warlow. Yeah. LJ Fort was good, LJ, but didn't yeah. last. Yeah. So, like, you know, uh, let's see that happen uh before we just assume it's definitely gonna be solved. I think I guess that's the position where, you know, they have some nice things on paper, but it's very so much you gotta prove it. All right, BLG, last one for me. Aaron Sipots or Bust? <laughs> Will there be another punter yeah. born into camp? If so, this week, next week, the week after, as soon as camp opens, week two of the preseason, week uh, one of the NFL regular season. When will Aaron Sipas and hey, I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he's phenomenal all year and the Eagles don't have to bring anybody else in. And he does the job all 17 weeks. You got to remember, Aaron, 17 weeks. He kind of checked out after week nine for me last week, last year. Uh, but will they have a competition there or is it all Sipas? I mean, they should. Uh, it's a little surprising that they haven't at least added, you know, some undrafted rookie free agent or someone. I mean, he was really bad at the end of last year. I think he had something yeah. like an average of 37 yards per punt, 
on his last 12 punts, basically since December started. So clearly the cold weather being an issue for him, although he still did struggle when he was down in Tampa and the playoffs as well, and it was not cold there. So uh, that's a big hole because he was really bad at the end of the season. And I'm guessing the Eagles are kind of going to be paying attention closely to uh, these teams that drafted punters and maybe kind of have interest in the veteran that they'll probably cut if it gets down to that point. So I definitely think that's a position they'll be looking at. It's funny. We're talking about the punter, but but it is important because it was yeah. like, Sipos was really bad at the end of the last year. And I would think it would be crazy to just go into this year and think like, okay, he'll get better. Or, you know, that wasn't that big of a deal. No, it was a pretty big deal. And they definitely need to be looking for an uh, opportunity to upgrade if it becomes available. Well, I always tell Jody, Brandon, that it's the offseason, so it's time to nitpick. So my last one, I'm going to nitpick even more. Uh, but I want to throw this out at you. And before I say this, I follow Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Obviously, you can read him at bleedinggreennation.com. Listen to him at BGN underscore radio. Uh, does about 40 podcasts are we up to, Brandon? It's at least three a week, yeah. Um, now, guy nobody talks about, I was just thinking about this the other day, Jacoby Stevens, hmm. who was a late-round pick, sixth-round pick last year, uh, good safety at LSU. The Eagles transitioned him to linebacker. Um, they they obviously brought in all this talent at linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, Kaiser White, TJ Edwards is coming off a, a, a really good season, maybe the most underrated player on this team. Um, Davion Taylor, we mentioned. Um, why not move him back to safety? And if you don't move him back to safety, you have this sort of hybrid anyway. You can do it both. And then maybe – play on special teams as well because that was a hurdle for this team not just the punter but the coverage units the returners kind of an afterthought now should people be forgetting about jacoby stevens or my nitpicking in the offseason trying to come up with some no i think that makes sense i think i've thought about that too i remember jacoby stevens when he got some playing time very limited last year, probably, you know, week 18. Yeah. Seemed to struggle with the physicality of the game a little bit, like being in the box and getting pushed around. So maybe you move him further away from uh, the ball and that would help him. Uh, it just because of the numbers crunch, like they have a lot of linebackers the numbers, just even the, it's not even just like they don't have, uh, you know, like established options that you feel great about starting at safety, but just the numbers on the roster really aren't even there. And meanwhile, you have like, 20 cornerbacks on the team it's like can any of those guys maybe move over and maybe you move jacoby stevens over in two at least to see uh if something shakes out there so yeah i'm on board with that because i think like they they were entering this offseason with this approach at cornerback like hey we're just gonna throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see if something sticks i don't really get why they're not doing that safety especially now because they kind of really need to find an answer there and i think that approach would be good at that position uh so we'll see if they do that or not i'm gonna guess he just sticks at linebacker but i do think uh his best chance at making the team and sticking around could be more so at safety last thing uh, for me it's not a question as much as at a point uh response to brandon's answer to my question uh you said the teams that drafted a punter their veteran guy well, one of them already lost that veteran guy because Sam Koch retired, right. I believe, at the age of 39, was the Ravens punter, uh, I believe, last millennium. Does he go back into the 1990s? I mean, maybe it was only the mid-2000 uh, and aughts. But, hey, Randy Brown, you owe us one. 
Yeah. The former mayor of Malton is co- kicking coach down there in Baltimore. <laughs> tell him where the best housing is in Malton. If he needs to know, I can tell him. I, I got no problem bringing in a 39-year-old punter. Do you, Great BLG? Well, don't the Eagles have uh, that assistant, John, too? Who's, uh... Yes, the son. Come on, let's yeah. get this thing done yeah. here. Old Coke is good Coke. Yeah, I, I Randy, think that's true. Randy sure. calls it the Ravens Kicking Academy, which is the best and has been the best in the business. But he's, you know, he's flying high on Justin Tucker's reputation, Randy. Let's be honest. Yeah. Brandon and I could coach Justin Tucker. I'm just joking, <laughs> Randy. Greatest but, kicker who ever lived. And Sam Cook's been a damn good yeah, he's been for the last good. 14 years. So forget yeah. about Jesse Bates. Needs Sam Cook in here. Yeah. There you go. Now we've got now we're cooking. Very good. Uh, BLG, good stuff. Always a pleasure whenever you get Thanks, uh, get John. Thank you very much for getting up early with us today. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. See you guys. Bleeding Green Nation is his website. All legal fans should be checking Jody, in. I, I got to bust in because I know we're going to break. I have some bad news. Uh, the pro football focus booker uh, booked Brad for 920 on the radio. So I had to push him back to 8.20 tomorrow. Okay. So we're not going to have Brad Spielberger today, unfortunately. Right. Um, so he's on somebody somebody else's radio show is more important than our... Uh, it's little... more of the booker doing it, the pro football focus booker doing it. I, I went straight to Brad and, and you know, he's got to defer to his boss. Okay, uh, that's more fine. Than... Uh, the, the booker... Disappointing. But we'll get him tomorrow morning, fresh 8.20. Booker declares. That's uh, fair enough. All right. Uh, J-Mac, J-Mac, uh, McMullen and McDonald. we still got plenty to do. No Brad Spielberg joining us, but that's okay. We got an hour left to play. Got plenty of Eagle issues we still got to tackle here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? (laughs) Yeah.
Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mac and Mac guys here with you on Birds 365, a Monday morning edition. This would be the 280th time John McMullen and Jody McDonald have gotten together. Well, a couple of those Johnny Mac had to report to camp for the like. I slept through one. Uh, so it isn't a full 280, <laughs> but a damn close number to it. The show is aired 280 times uh, with today's show being the 280th. Uh, looking forward to doing it the rest of the summer into the Eagle season where prospects are looking up. Peter King came out with his evaluation today, his first power rankings of the season. And I, I enjoy, I can't, I got to be honest here. I can't badmouth power ratings because I look at them every single week. I try not to put too much stock into them, but it isn't that I'm just dismissive of and say, yeah, who the hell cares about power rankings? Because truth be told, they really do mean nothing. The games are played on the field and the standings tell you where your power rankings are. Certainly months before the season starts, power rankings are just an opinion. And I think of Peter King's football opinion as an educated one. But the Philadelphia Eagles, fourth in the NFC, ninth overall in the National Football League. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
it's something that Eagle fans can and should get excited about. However, John, it does raise expectations. Yeah. And when expectations are raised, pressure is raised as well. And we are still looking at a quarterback who hasn't broken into the top 15 yet of quarterbacks statistically in the National Football League. How much pressure now is on Jalen Hurts if guys like Peter King are ranking them as a top four team in the NFC? How much is that pressure being ratcheted up? Yeah, I think pretty significantly. And that's kind of what I mentioned a a number of times with the expectations changing and well, I don't I don't necessarily know if it's a thing that is going to affect the Eagles other than I I have noticed I I've said this before a couple when Howie was on with the sports take guys he mentioned it and he also mentioned it in some other uh interviews I think he was on with uh see the rise or Patrick but uh uh, Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick, and I apologize, I forget which one, but um, he he kind of, you know, said, uh, you know, tried to temper things, I guess would be the best way I, I would explain it, uh, because I do think people are skipping steps in assuming. And Brandon, Brandon brought up a, a name, and I know you love this player, and I I I'd like the player and it's incredible value in the third round. But I think what Brandon said about Nicobe Dean is a hundred percent accurate. It's like a lot of people are just assuming this guy's going to hit the ground running. And it's interesting. I, I was doing, cause you know, I'm a TJ Edwards guy. And I think if Nicobe hits the field, it's going to be for Kaiser white, not TJ Edwards, but we'll see how that shakes out. <clears throat> but I was writing uh, about TJ and, and Philly boys that will run today. And I, I went back to his, I, I think people don't remember how good a college player he was. And he was a final, he was an all first team, all American. He was a finalist for uh, the Budkiss award, which Kobe won. Um, and I went back to 2017 when uh, TJ, I think um, uh, he, not, I think he, 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 was a runner-up to uh, Roquan Smith, who was also a Georgia linebacker. Georgia linebacker, right. Who was a first-round pick, who is an incredible, incredible talent. And, you know, Roquan's been a really good player, but he's had his ups and downs. I mean, and he is a really high-level linebacker prospect when he was coming out of college. And there have been some real good moments with Chicago and some iffy moments with Chicago. My point is even with high level players, Devin white, Tampa Bay, another example, while they won a super bowl, he was phenomenal last year. He wasn't as good. Um, These are really, really high level prospects. Only thing I'm trying to point out, there are going to be hiccups. And I think too many people are penciling things in, in May and saying, this guy's going to be this, this guy's going to be that. There's got to, even with the veteran players, the AJ Browns, the Son Reddicks, the guys who aren't projections, there's going to be chemistry issues. Bradbury in that category as well. You got to get, you got to start, you got to get over those humps. So I do think there's going to be more hurdles than people expect. And 
look, it's May and people get excited in May. That's just part of the gig. But I, I do think, you know, the more those expectations go up, the more disappointment there's going to be. And that on the back end, that creates trouble for the head coach and the team. It's just the way it works in the NFL. Yeah, um, I think Nicobe Dean's going to be on the field. If he's healthy this year, he's going to be on the field uh, a lot, whether it is uh, inside, outside, uh, who's coming off the field when he's on the field. I'm not 100% sure. Um, we know they get Kaiser White just a one-year deal, so they're not married to him long-term. I like that player, too. I, I really like both the additions at linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think the most talented player in the bunch, even though he's never played a snap in the National Football League, is N'Kobe Dean. And if he plays to the level that he played at in college, he's going to be a three-down linebacker on this team. Somebody's got to come off the field. I'm not sure how the defensive coordinator is going to ferret that out, but I just have such confidence in Dean's abilities that I think they're going to watch him play and go, we've got to have him on the field one way or another. Um, if Edwards pays the price, so be it. If White pays the price, so be it. If they just go ahead and make um, uh, Hassan Reddick a defense, down defensive lineman, rather than playing him at linebacker and play three other linebackers, so be it. Uh, I just don't think N'Kobe Dean is coming off the field. That's how strongly I feel about the player. And yes, even though um, the former Georgia linebacker that you mentioned uh, at, with, the, with the Bears was a first-round draft pick. N'Kobe Dean was a better player in his year at Georgia than, um, why am I forgetting the uh, Bears linebacker? Roquan uh, Smith. Roquan Smith. Well, I uh, will say this. Uh, now, then, and that's what I was going to say. Look, I mean, Roquan was the eighth pick in the draft as a linebacker. I mean, from a from a talent perspective, it doesn't get much better than Roquan Smith. And and by the way, if Nicobe Dean ends up being Roquan Smith, Eagles fans should be celebrating. And but 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 the the point I bring up Roquan because he's already been a two time second team All Pro, not first team, but that's still pretty stinking yeah. good um, already uh, through his first four years. But it hasn't been, you know, uh, it hasn't been, you know, Mike, Micah Parsons throughout. And by the way, I guarantee even with Micah Parsons, I guarantee there's going to be ebbs and flows. It's just the way it is. I mean, it is difficult to make that transition. If if Roquan Smith has some hiccups, the Kobe Dean's going to have some hiccups. That's the only reason I bring him up because he was such a, a high-profile player, a top-ten pick, and so was uh, – White in, in Tampa Bay as well. Top 10 pick, high profile player. I mean, it's difficult to play in the NFL. That's all I'm trying to say. And rookies are going to have some growing pains. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. And when you are as highly picked as those linebackers are, the expectations are that high. Even though N'Kobe Dean fell down to the second round, excuse me, the third round, um, because of either uh, physical questions and or physical makeup. God forbid he's five foot eleven playing linebacker in the National Football League. If you're not six foot foot two, you have no chance to be a linebacker. I would disagree. I think the kid is just a stone cold playmaker. I don't care if he's 
two and a half, three inches shorter than what the prototypic linebacker is supposed to go, uh, be. Uh, you absolutely have to factor in where a player was drafted to their expectations their first year. And then after the first year is over and done with, you can reevaluate the expectations. And I expect N'Kobe Dean to have a big enough year, his first year, that we're not even talking about other than to give the Eagles props and credit for being able to grab a guy in the third round like uh, N'Kobe Dean. I'm not going to rate him as a third-round draft pick going forward. I'm going to rate him and set my expectation on what he does on the field in his rookie year, which I think is going to be a lot. Well, if, if, if first of all, if he earns his way on the field, I'm with you. You know me. I have my FU players. If if you if you're that good, F TJ Edwards, F Kaiser White, I'm all on board with that. If he earns his way on the field, uh, my my more my framework with this argument is, you know, those you know, Roquan Smith because they and and I bring him up because um, same year as TJ. Uh, kind of ruined the Butkus Award for TJ, top 10 pick. He's got all the physical attributes, and he's been a really, really, really good player uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are hiccups, and that's all I'm trying to say. And if they, if the Eagles get Roquan Smith or Devin White with N'Kobe Dean, Eagles fans should be thrilled. But I think in some ways, and here's here's the disconnect. Here's what I'm getting at, Jody. In some ways, they expect more, which is strange to me, because he was so good in college. And more than he was so good in college, he was so high profile in college because he was the best player on the best defense. And, you know, people are wondering, if you're the best player on the best defense, well, you know, why is – Walker going number one overall. Why is Jordan Davis going number 13 overall? Um, why is Lewis seen a first round pick? Uh, and on and on, they had what they have five first round picks. Um, and why is Nicobe going in the third round? He's the most high, high profile, he's the guy making all the plays. And they expect Roquan Smith. I don't know if you can expect Roquan Smith, is what I'm saying. No, uh, I do. That's exactly what I'm expecting out of Nicobe Dean. Uh, I think uh, he is. I think he had a better draft leading into the draft season than Roquan Smith did. Roquan Smith ended up going eighth. Uh, Nicobe Dean ended up going in the 80s. I think it was overstated injury issues that dropped Nicobe Dean down. I think it's misevaluation by the entire National Football League. Well, they didn't misevaluate Roquan. They evaluated him dead on. Right. No, I'm not talking about Roquan. I'm talking about N'Kobe Dean. Because he's only 5'11 and a quarter, rather than 6'2", if you're not 6'2", you can't be a first-round draft pick. Yeah, you can. And I think he will prove that that's the case. I think they will get Roquan Smith-like production out of uh, N'Kobe Dean here. And let me again say uh, about T.J. Edwards. It was yours truly who during a year said, you know, John, T.J. Edwards is playing enough that he is playing himself into a position where the Eagles handle specific players specifically a specific way. They like to get an extension done. They like to jump in in season, 
tack on a year or more if they like the player, if they like what he's doing, so that they don't have to face a free agent situation. If they can get something done in season, Harry Roseman's been doing this since he's been the general manager. And Edwards is playing well enough to be that kind of guy. Within two weeks, they had constructed a contract extension for T.J. Edwards that took care of this upcoming season. So I'm a fan. I really am. It's one of those, uh, what do you call it again? Oh, Sophie's Choice. Uh, last year, they had uh, their option to go with either Devontae Smith and or Justin Fields, two players who I just love coming out of the draft. I said, I'll be good with either of them. Usually the quarterback position is the more important. But if they take Devontae Smith, you're not going to hear any complaints from me. I love the kid. But same thing here with T.J. Edwards and Kobe Dean. I like T.J. Edwards. I'm a very big fan. I suggested a contract extension for him last year. Uh-oh, then Nicobe Dean is the guy he could be competing with for playing time. I think he was the best linebacker in the draft. I don't know how he fell down to the third round. I think it was a gift from God that the Eagles were able to get him there. Yeah, I like both players, but if one's going to keep the other one off the field, I think it will be more Dean, Dean keeping Edwards off the field than Edwards keeping Dean off the field. Yeah, long term. I mean, remember, while the Eagles did give T.J., because TJ's a little bit different. This is what I wrote about because TJ was undrafted. So he's not typically the, you know, you get a four-year deal if you're a rookie. Nicobe uh, Dean is a third-round pick, gets a four-year deal. If you're a first-round pick, you get a four-year deal plus a fifth-year team option. Uh, undrafted free agents get three-year deals. So uh, TJ was... Uh, supposed to be a restricted free agent uh, this March if the Eagles didn't extend him. So what they essentially did, and, you know, this is a, a good decision. They took away that restricted free agent. They essentially gave him his second round tender early. So he 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 sort of overcame that, and he joked when we talked to him last week, he was ninth on the depth chart when he got here. Uh, he overcame that undrafted pedigree. You and I talk about pedigree all the time. We just took Roquan Smith, top 10 pick. Uh, Nicobe Dean, these things, these labels follow players. I talk about it all the time with Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett's a third round pick. He's fine. If he's a first round pick, 14th overall, he's not fine. Um, with TJ Edwards, undrafted kid, always. Nobody looks at, okay, all American at Wisconsin. Uh, first team All-American, uh, best player on the defense, one of the best players, well, one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. We talk about production versus uh, projection. Well, he had all the project production in the world at the college level, but he ran a stinking four eight seven, So he didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. Not because of what he did at Wisconsin, because he ran a four eight seven in shorts. Now the guy you see playing today does not run a four eight seven. I don't know what he runs because nobody's sitting out there doing forty yard dashes. Because that's the other ironic thing, Jody. You never run another yeah, one. Nobody, nobody, nobody gives ever a crap. runs a forty yard dash no. after they leave Indianapolis. No, exactly. Nobody gives a you know what which is so funny why people put such a importance on it. And then they never run it again. All I can tell you is guys running four fives and guys running four six who don't have TJ's instinctiveness play poorer pass defense than he does. 
And, you know, it's not just me. Uh, pro Football Focus, uh, uh, and thanks for taking Brad away from us, Pro Football Focus. <laughs> uh, but we'll get him tomorrow morning at 820. Uh, they they graded him as the 10th best linebacker in football, better than Bobby Wagner, who's going to the Hall of Fame, better than Eric Kendricks, who I always talk about as the best pass coverage linebacker in football, better than Devin White's who I just mentioned, the fifth overall pick who's already got a Super Bowl. He was better than all three of those players last year. And nobody noticed it, Jody. And I'm not saying nobody. You noticed it. I noticed it. But few people noticed it. And you know why? Because he'll always have that tag, UDFA, on his resume. And I always tell this story, and I'm going to tell it again, because one of the players I got to cover in my career was John Randall, who was not drafted when the draft, by the way, Jody, was 12 rounds long. 12. Not drafted. You know, eight all-pro nods later. Not Pro Bowl. All-pro. You got to wait five years. He finally took the chip off his shoulder to put on a gold jacket. Now, I'm not saying that T.J. Edwards is going to be a Hall of Fame player because he's not. But he never lost that UDFA tag, and he used it because all these people said he couldn't play. He was undersized. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He couldn't do that. And he was just the best defensive tackle in the football for 15 years. Uh, that label never leaves these players, and it blinds people. It blinds people. And I think so many well, people well, hold are blind. How blind can people be if they keep voting them for all pro? Well, no, I, I, I'm not talking about coaches or, you know, eventually if you play to the level of John Randall, they're putting you on the field. I'm not talking about people like us who look at it. I'm saying fans are blinded to the expectation of he's a first round pick. He's a second round pick. He's a third round pick. He's an undrafted free agent. TJ Edwards, again, with the film, and you you could debate um, pro football focus all you want. I think we both agree. If they say somebody's playing well, they're playing well. If they say somebody's playing poorly, they're playing poorly. The 10th best linebacker in football last year, Jody. He no, wasn't think, supposed to be. I think he had he a, a heck of a year. He did uh, finish second to uh, Alex Singleton on tackles on the team. And Alex Singleton, the Eagles were relatively willing to let walk away and join another organization. So, yeah, I think the pro football focus rankings a little high. Uh, I, I well, wouldn't have well, it quite well, that high. Say, but he and, had a hell of a season. We'll agree on that. And let me say, he didn't start. I think he did lead the team in tackles, but it, that that doesn't matter. No, he Singleton led the team in tackles. He 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 started. He he didn't start till I think week six. Because the Eagles felt Eric Wilson, because he could run a four-four-five, was a better option than T.J. Edwards. But if you can run a four-four-five and you never t- and you take a false step, what does it matter? Right. What does it matter? And the Eagles, it took the Eagles, by the way, the Eagles deserve to take a hit for this. It took them five, six weeks to figure out T.J. Edwards was better than Eric Wilson. There's a perfect example, Jody. 
And I don't think it was that T.J. Edwards jumped off the page. It was the fact that Wilson stunk. They got around to looking at the tape at Adelaide and going, you know, I know we gave this guy money as a free agent, but he's really not getting the job done for yeah. us here. Well, and we're I kind of obligated to put the best were player watching, out there, and that would be T.J. Edwards, not Wilson. Yeah, and if they were watching Birds 365, they would have knew Eric Wilson stunk because I knew it. How did they not you know? You said it? before the season ever started, the guy just is is terrible on run defense. He just can't do it. Is one of the worst uh, filled the void yeah. linebackers in the National Football League on run defense. And yeah, teams ran the football down the Eagles' throats the first five w- weeks or six of the season. Now, one position does not determine whether you're good against run or not good against run. But middle linebacker might be the most important one of those. And yes, they got significantly better against the run when Edwards came in and became their middle linebacker. You are 100% accurate about that. Now, we still got to prove it again because he's an undrafted guy and people are already replacing him. But all all I said, and that's what I wrote, don't be surprised if we're hopefully talking here next year, Jody, and we're talking about the same thing because T.J. Edwards is going to be the Eagles' starting linebacker. Now, Nicobe Dean's going to be probably their other starting linebacker. As I said, I think it's more Kaiser White than uh, Nicobe Dean versus TJ Edwards. But yeah, I I mean, sometimes they miss. Sometimes the NFL misses, and I think they missed on TJ Edwards. Maga Mac guys here with you on Birds Three Sixty Five. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We've still got uh, thirty plus minutes of football talk left on Birds Three Sixty Five. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and that can search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. John McMullen, I would be Jody McDonald. We appreciate you streaming into the deep end with us here on Birds 365, a Monday edition. Um, had some fun talking to Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation in our number one available. You can go back and watch it anytime you want here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And by the way, while you're at it, feel free to punch that like button for us, uh, like, subscribe, and share. Um, Another guy who covers the Eagles, uh, Jeff Knox, we've had here on the show. we got to get Jeff on again sometime soon. I had an interesting post on his uh, website, Inside the Eagles, that i got to tell Jeff. I, I, I'm sorry, I disagree with. He uh, postured a contract extension for Brandon Graham. BG coming back from the major injury last year, last year of his contract. As I uh, talked about the Edwards, Howie Roseman, uh, well on record is liking to get contract extensions done on the Eagles timeline rather than the players timeline. He's been very good at that. Why would you extend Brandon Graham? Uh, the Eagles did show you again, judging by their uh, past performance, when they need to be strict, the Eagles can be strict. Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive linemen to ever play, ever put on a Philadelphia Eagle uniform this offseason. They cut him only to resign him to a new contract at $14 million, so no pity parties and or GoFundMe pages necessary for Fletcher. But they did cut him and took a cap hit in the uh, uh, future for letting him go and then resigned him because they didn't want to continue to carry Fletcher's salary going forward. And Brandon Graham is older than Fletcher. And Brandon Graham has been more hurt than Fletcher. I love Brandon Graham as much as the next guy. He was a key contributor to the Eagle Championship run. He has been a leader in the locker room since the day he showed up from Michigan. And he is one of the much-needed leaders in the locker room right now. There's no chance they're doing they're, – they're looking to add another year to Brandon Graham this year. Uh, is there, Johnny Mac? Um, no. Brandon's 34 years old. Now, you know, Jody, I will say, now, will they put voidable years? Now, if you want to do that type of bookkeeping, like we just talked about with James Bradbury, and we mentioned, you know, one-year deal for $10 million is how – oh, no, no, no. They They – put the voidable years on the back end. And uh, technically it's a, um, a, a longer contract on paper. So you can make the cap hit 2.278 million or whatever it is somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, Brandon is, is, and they've done this before 
and he's currently under contract through, I'm just trying to pull it up here, through his, his age 38 season, 2026, uh, because of all the voidable years on the back end of his contract. So will they restructure and do something like that? You never know to try to kick off some money to later years in the cap. But as far as what you would you would the average fan would think of as an extension, no, you're not extending a 34 year old player. You might do some bookkeeping tricks, right? You move uh, move money around, and yeah. that's why we wanted to have Brad Spielberg on today. Uh, and Brad couldn't join us, so he's gonna. You say he's gonna do it tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, tomorrow eight twenty. Right, because he understands and explain uh, the way moving money around under the cap can be done. They gave Jane Bradbury a a $7.5 million contract with achievable incentives and can take them to $10 million. But it's only counting $2 million and change here in this first year. Well, how do they do that? Voidable years back end of the deal. Brad understands that stuff and will explain uh, Bradbury and other contracts like Brandon Graham's to us uh, uh, when we get him up here tomorrow. Like, yeah, Brandon Graham's only counting one and change million under the cap this year, but he's got a $10 million number or something ridiculous like that. Uh, that's how they do it. They put it off until future years when eventually you got to pay the price. Sooner or later, you do have to pay the price uh, of, of, adding these voidable years and just pushing the contract out. This is going to be Brandon Graham's last year in an Eagles uniform, isn't it? If, if I had to bet, I would say yes, which is, you know, disappointing because I don't think there's ever been a more fun player to cover than Brandon Graham. So from that standpoint, and by the way, really good player who – overcame a lot uh, early in his career was why didn't the Eagles take Earl Thomas or Jason Pierre Paul? Um, he's terrible. He's this, he's that. And all of a sudden became a late bloomer. I always tell the story. BG thought he was getting cut for Travis long when, when Chip Kelly was here. Uh, that's how bad it was. And all of a sudden things clicked and he turned into one of the best two way defensive ends in football. We all know, I say it's the most important play uh, in modern franchise history, at least since, you know, 1960, um, when the strip sack of Tom Brady, obviously the Philly special gets more hype, but I thought the strip sack was more important to winning that actual game. Um Everything about Brandon Graham is great. If you could get 53 Brandon Grahams, he's one of those guys. Uh, you would you would do it. Um, awesome in the locker room. Tremendous personality. Unfortunately, it's a young man's game, except for Tom Brady. We always put that guy. It's a young man's game. Um, and Brandon knows it. And, and this is probably his last year. Um, I think he's hoping for another year because he always says he wants to get to 15. I think he's at 13. So he wants two more. Um, I I don't know if he's going to get there here. And once the season starts, we'll see how often he's infused into the lineup. um, If he is making any plays and uh, uh, earning his, his keep, not that his keep is that great. It's all this future money going forward that the Eagles have put off, as you say, to the 2027 season. 
damn, he's under contract for a long time with these voidable years. Uh, don't expect Brandon Graham to be playing all the way until the end of his current contract. Um, how are we going to be able to judge what BL, what uh, BG's got left in the tank? As I gave you credit earlier in the show, it's that much less time they spend on the practice field. There isn't really as much earning of the job as there used to be. We like to think of the NFL as a meritocracy, except when do you merit actually uh, earning more playing time? Uh, until they actually get the season underway, it's kind of speculatory. Um, how do you judge BLG? Are you guys going to be able to get any? You just take the coach's word for it. Are you going to be able to get any read at practice this summer? Um, he's one of those veteran guys. Anytime there's going to be a veteran day, you know, BLG's cashing that ticket. He's not yeah. going to be out there in shorts. Well, BLG might do it too, but oh, BG, yeah, BG oh, might. By the way, Brandon Lee Graham, he's BLG too. Yeah. Same exact last name, uh, middle name. I didn't even know that. Is that true? Yeah. Is that his middle name? Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I'm learning things, Joey. I think um, Brandon told us that here on the show. Oh. Um, maybe I was trying to rebook a guess when he told us that. <laughs> Who knows? You got to do things on the fly. Um, yeah, but I, I you're right. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have even more so this year. He's gonna have maintenance days, I would think, trying to get to him, trying to get him to the regular season as healthy as possible. I think the bigger thing is, you know, how much is he gonna play? I, you know, when I we're talking about paper because that's all we're talking about this time of year and how things look good on paper. Peter King's got him at number nine and this guy's going to do this and this guy's going to do that. Well, on paper, I would think the Eagles edge rushers are going to be in, in key situations. So third and long, they're going to be uh, Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. Um, and then you're going to have Javon Hargrave on the field uh, inside and who else is that going to be Fletcher Cox <clears throat> or are you going to kick Brandon Graham inside so in many ways it might be as far as the so-called NASCAR package it might be a decision between Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham and who gives you more of a pass rush inside uh, which is which would be ironic for many reasons because those two have been the engine of this defense for a very 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 long time. Right, there are certain guys on the defensive line that I'm fans of, other guys that you full well know, not as big a fan of Derek Barnett. Um, let me comp two guys here, different type players, but both Eagles defensive linemen. Who do you think gets more snaps this year? Milton Williams or Derek Barnett? Oh, that's a... Uh, mm. That's a good. That's a good uh, hypothetical, Jody. That's your wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, un, 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 wow, that is a tough one. Yeah, it's close. I, 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 I want to default to Derek Barnett's, um, only because, I mean, Milton's kind of buried now. I mean, they have so much depth on the on the defensive line. It's one of the reasons they're number nine. I mean, you start talking about, I just mentioned uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis in the middle. I mean, so right away he's the fourth defensive tackle, right? But he's got some versatility to play 
defensive end as well. But on the edge, you have uh, you have BG, you have Josh Sweat, you have Hassan Reddick. Um, now, the fact that Reddick can play Sam linebacker in some early downs might help a little. Um, but boy, it's going to be tough for Milt Williams to get playing time. Um, I just don't see a path, so I I have to default toward toward Derek Barnett. Now, injuries could affect all of this. It always obviously. does. Yeah. Yeah, it always does. But if everybody stays healthy, which obviously is pie in the sky, I don't I don't know how Milton gets on the field a ton. And and it's not because of anything he's done or he's not a high level player, but they have you gotta get Hargrave on the field. You gotta get Davis on the field in early downs. You got to get Fletcher on the field. I uh, you know where where do you put them? Where do the you reason, get them out there? The reason why I asked the question, because we were talking about Grand, Brandon Graham, and that's what it comes down to for me. If Brandon Graham is going to play more defensive end, then guess what? Milton Williams will be on the field more than uh, Derek Barnett. But if they're going to ship um, Brandon Graham inside, which they do plenty, they have over his entire career. That's one of the things that made Brandon Graham as valuable a member of the Eagles as he has been because of his flexibility, whether you're using him outside and or bringing him inside and him being able to get a pass rush from the middle, depending on who he's out there with, I think that'll determine who plays more out of those two guys. If Brandon's going to play purely on the outside, which they may at this stage of his career and the injuries that he's had, it certainly is more physically tasking to play inside than it is outside. Uh, I I would judge by where Brandon Graham lines up will have a big influence on how much uh, Milton Williams is going to get a chance to play. And one guy who's, I don't know if he's ever going to see the field, uh, you know him better than me because you're down there at practice. Could you pick uh, last year's uh, other defensive tackle draft pick out of a line? I don't know that I could pick Marlon out of a lineup. Uh, uh, Marlon T. Yeah, Mar- Marlon's up against it from a number standpoint. Uh, Teron Jackson, though, is a guy who who got um, at defensive end, got some playing time, and did did okay. Uh, he's kind of buried as well. It's the old. I mean, they're really really deep on the defensive line now. I I don't think Marlon's in the conversation, but I do think Teron is. Um, and it, it's going to be tough for those young guys to get a lot of snaps. Um, but you know what? Sometimes it's not just about uh, 2022. We're thinking about 2023, and you probably are turning. You might be turning the page on Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, and all of a sudden, by 2023, right. then Milt Williams falls into um, the position. So he might have to wait his turn, but he'll get his turn. Uh, but right now it's going to be tough for him to get a, a ton of playing time. Yeah, they do have depth on that uh, defensive line and on the offensive line, which uh, Brandon brought up. And when I say Brandon, I don't mean Graham. I mean, Gowton, both Lees. Yes, I did look it up. Brandon Lee, Gowton, Brandon Lee, Graham, uh, same exact. BLG, the RBLG has better length, length than, than BG which is saying a lot because uh, it's not like Brandon Graham's a little guy in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Just BLG uh, Gowton is as tall as he is. Um, 
he uh, talked about uh, Isaac Sayamalo being included in an Eagles deal to maybe get Jesse Bates if Cincinnati acknowledges, damn, you know, we could have won the Super Bowl if we had a little bit better offensive line. And Isaac would certainly uh, fill that role for them. You correctly pointed out the Bengals don't like playing people. And Isaac gets paid a good chunk of change for not being readily available to be on the field with the injuries at the last couple of years. I don't think Isaac Samalo is going to end up in Cincinnati for a different reason. I think the Eagles still like him. I think he's going to get. Oh, I know Jeff. I know Stoutland likes him right. a lot. Yeah. He's not, he, they're not going to move him. And I know Sua Opeta is the Tesla stock of the Eagles offensive line. And Jake Driscoll is a, uh, the head coach is a fan of Jake Driscoll. Oh, I'm going to fall with the offensive line coach on this one. I think Jeff Stoutland is going to have a lot to say on who the Eagles starting offensive line is. If Isaac is rehabbing correctly. And again, it's one of those, how do you judge it kind of things? Because the Eagles haven't worked out all off season. And when they do start to officially work out, how much are they actually going to work out? How much is a veteran like Isaac actually going to be asked to work out? I think he's going to be here. I think he's going to be the right uh, guard for this team this year. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's getting caught. I don't think he's getting traded. I think he's getting his, uh, you know what, right next to Kelsey and lining up and starting for the Eagles this year. Um, I think he will start as, you know, it'll be very similar to last year. In Last year was uh, Andre Dillard versus Jordan Mailata at left tackle. I think it's going to be a legitimate competition. And if you remember all the way back, Andre Dillard, they would rotate each day. But Andre Dillard got the first chance, and and then until he got hurt, then Jordan kind of took off and and took the job, and the rest is history. Isaac will get the first opportunity, but they like Jack Driscoll a lot, and Jeff Stoutland likes uh, Jack Driscoll as well. And Jack played very well at right guard last year till he got hurt. Now he's got injury concerns as well. I was Both say, had, he, yeah. he didn't make it through the season no. either. Second straight year too. He's only two for two. He's had injury concerns in both years as well. So we talked about Isaac um, playing only nine games. Well, Jack Triscoll's had some injury concerns. So maybe the easy answer is you need both. But Jack is cheaper. Um, and, you know, before they cut Nate Herbig, I started to think, well, maybe they, they might move on from Isaac Samalo just because of the price tag. But from the Cincinnati perspective, and I brought up with BLG as well, you know, one one part is the finances, but also people forget they went out and paid Alex Kappa, um, the ex-Bux guard, and that was a big deal in Tampa Bay uh, when Tom Brady retired for whatever, 48 hours, whatever it was, Jody, a little bit more than that, but you get it. Um, it wasn't, wasn't 48 days. No. Uh, and they signed Lyle Collins from the Cowboys. And uh, I think there was a third. I, um, um, uh, oh, uh, Ted Karras from New England. They brought in three offensive linemen. Um, so they're not as bad as they were when you last saw them in the Super Bowl. Um, they, 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 they targeted that position at free agency 
and brought in three legitimate offensive linemen. All of them can play guard. Now, obviously, Cap is a good guard, a good NFL guard. Uh, Karras, I think, is more of a center. I think they have penciled in at center, and Lyle Collins is more of a right tackle, but right. he can play guard as well. I don't think they have as big as a need as people think they do, and I just don't think they want to add another big salary to the big salaries they were because they gave Cap and Collins money. They good gave money, them yeah. money. So I, I just don't think it's a fit that other people do. Right, nor do I. I think it's a little overstated. I think it's people trying to come up with a package that makes some sense to be able to get Jesse Bates here. Eagle fans, I told you the Eagles should go after James Bradbury. I told you it was a really good fit. I told you that he was being underrated on the open market because he didn't make it to the open market till late. And damn if the Eagles didn't deliver you James Bradbury. Get off the uh, Jesse Bates train. It's not happening. Get on the no. Clark train. That you know, if you can convince Baltimore, that's more realistic. Absolutely more realistic. Bates is a. I don't think going anywhere. I don't think Cincinnati wants to give it up. Number two, yeah, he he's got a contract in place. The franchise tag is attached. If he doesn't show up and doesn't play, he doesn't get paid. And I don't know that he's the kind of guy who's really going to test the uh, temerity of the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yeah, I'll stay home. He hasn't made that much money in his career that he can afford to stay home. I think push comes to shove. He's going to push on in to Cincinnati, and I don't think the Bengals coming off a Super Bowl appearance. If the Bengals had finished 3-14 and 14 this past year. <laughs> like like <laughs> usual. Like and usual. we're going nowhere fast. <laughs> Then I might say they go, yeah, you know, we don't need these headaches. Let's just get a couple of young. Let's get draft pick. Let's save some money. Yeah, I think that could could play. They were in the Super Bowl last year. I don't think they just go, oh, what was us? We're the Bengals. We can't afford to keep them. Let's just trade them for the best package we can. No, they're the defending AFC champions. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think they this... just do the usual Bengal logic of backing off and giving up. I think they hold the fort on this kid and say, no, if you don't want to play, then uh, guess what? You don't get paid. Yeah. What this assumption that in, you know, they drafted Dax Hill, I think at 31. Yeah, they were 31, 31st overall. Uh, good player. But the assumption, again, I kind of said it with, with Eagles and their draft picks. The assumption somebody's going to come in and just be, that kind of player right away. It's just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people think same thing with Tennessee losing AJ Brown and, and they draft uh, Traylon Burks. Oh, he'll step right in. Yeah. No, no, he won't. No, no tax Hill. He'll step right in. No, no, he won't. Maybe they're good players down the road, two, three years. I'm not saying that's not possible, but they're taking a step back in, in situations like that. So the, don't be assuming that Cincinnati's saying, "Oh, we'll just put Dax Hill in for for Jesse Bates and have the same production." I I don't think that's their thinking either. Oh, I think it's exactly their thinking. The problem is that sometimes it's flawed logic that guys do need to grow into jobs in the National Football League. They just don't come off their college campus and play to the level of a all Pro Bowl slash all Pro player. 
a guy like Jesse Bates is. There'll be a drop-off in Cincinnati, and I think they have to know that, but they're willing to take that drop-off in this case better than having the cupboard bare. They do have a legit replacement ready to be plugged in. Not as good. Bank on the drop-off, but not, oh, my God, all the way to the floor. Um, that's why I think Cincinnati is going to hang tough with them. And, yes, if the Eagles came and said, we'd give you a first-round draft pick plus, then you got yourself a deal. I don't think there's any way the Eagles are giving up a first-round draft pick for Jesse Bates. No, because they have a C-plus quarterback, Jody. So they need that second uh, first-round pick uh, next year just in case. They need the safety net. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys. We'll come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at action news we cherish every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Monday edition of Birds 365, kicking off another Eagles week here on the channel. 
I appreciate you streaming in with us while you're at it. Hit the like button. Give us a little uh, a leg up with our algorithm or whatever the hell the YouTube uh, designation is that says the show is doing well. Still don't understand it, but I do understand and enjoy working with my partner every single week. I do need to ask you a question about a former Eagle coach, Joe John, before we wrap this bad boy up. I don't know if I'm impressed or just perplexed by a stance being taken. It hasn't happened yet. It's a speculation at this point, but pretty strong speculation about an ex-Eagle coach. Frank Reich, who the Eagles were able to, yes, I'm going to say it, suck in to take Carson Wentz off their hands last year. <laughs> Frank was uh, foolish enough to do so. We know how the season went. We know how the season ended. We know how it went after the season was over and done with. Sounded to me like Frank Reich was ready to go back one more year with Carson Wentz. And the big boss, the owner, kind of stepped in and goes, no, 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 no. We need ourselves to get this Wentz guy out of here. And credit to their general manager, he actually got something back in the trade, more so than I thought he was worth for what the what kind of season Carson Wentz had. It did not go well. The one year of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis taking on an ex-Eagle quarterback in Indy to get them to the playoffs didn't happen. Now, I know this is a smaller stage we're talking about because it's the backup quarterback, but it looks like they may revisit again Frank Reich ready to sign on Nick Foles as the backup quarterback in Indianapolis. Now, one of the things Matt Ryan has been for the majority of his career, pretty damn healthy. He has not been an off-injured quarterback. We do have quarterbacks like that in the league. Guys uh, just, you, you, you factor in a couple of missed games every single year. Shoot, I thought they were going to have to do that for Carson Wentz last year. And damn, if you didn't play the whole season. Probably, unfortunately, so for the Colts. So they never actually got hurt. Uh, but I expect Mac Ryan to stay healthy and stay their starting quarterback all year. Smart move? Questionable move? Dumb move by the Colts? Bring in, the... uh, I, you know, I, I, I've said it a while. I have no problem with anybody bringing Nick Foles in to be a backup quarterback. Um, I think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks uh, there is. I think it was proven here. I think he was a closer. I don't know why everyone argues about this. I, I always compared it to Mariano Rivera with the Yankees. You need the starter. Nick Foles isn't the starter. Rivera's not going to start for you, but he damn well closed it for you. And he closed it better than anybody really has ever done uh, when it comes to that Super Bowl run. Uh, but the Eagles needed 11-2-1, and they needed the great starter to hand the baton to the great closer. So I have no problem with Nick Foles' backup as long as it's not in Philadelphia because there's too much pressure on the starting quarterback if Nick Foles is in Philadelphia. That doesn't exist in other places, so no problem with it. Um, the only issue for the Colts, um, Matt Ryan's 37. Uh, you know, he's aging. Um, still can play. Uh, he'll be an upgrade uh, over Carson Wentz. But he's 37. At some point, when you have a quarterback at that age, and when you're the Colts, by the way, and you've gone through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback uh, due to some bad luck in the case of Andrew Luck and, you know, Jacoby Brissett uh, held it down for a year. And um, 
on and on and on. You have to stop this different quarterback every year at some point. I know they still have Sam uh, Erlinger. Uh, you know, it's a six-round pick, I, I, I think. Um, so he's not a long-term answer. Uh, they didn't draft a quarterback. I think they brought in the Notre Dame kid, Jack Cohn. He's not the answer. Um, so they needed a backup quarterback, but man, they should try to get some kind of developmental project in there. Maybe they think Ellinger is that guy. Um, but I don't have any problem with Nick Bowles as a backup quarterback at all. And I just thought it was a nervy move and you know, Frank Reich is involved. I don't know if he is the driving force, but he's certainly got a hand in on this. His first year there, Frank Reich made the playoffs, won a playoff game, got beaten the second round by the Chiefs and Mahomes. Uh, and three years since, two years out of the playoffs, one year in, eliminated in the first round. How odd is Frank Reich's seat going into his fifth year as head coach of the Colts? Um, I, I'll tell you what, we, we mentioned Peter King to start the show, so I'll mention him to end the show. I think he had the Colts at 21, so he's somebody who's expecting a big tick back. I don't necessarily agree with that. I expect the Colts to be better with Matt Ryan. So if he has a bad season, I think it gets pretty hot. I think then it gets really, really hot. But I expect them to have a good season. Now, the problem is the AFC seems to be a lot tougher, right. a lot deeper than the NFC. Um, you're, you're probably going to have to win that division, I would think. Um, now, Tennessee is taking a step back. They'll be the favorites still. Um, I don't think they're going to be a bad team, though. Um, and I think they're going to be on the cusp of a playoff berth. Uh, if they fall off the table, then I think there's some serious, serious issues. But how do you fall off the table with Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor? I think they're a better football team, not 21. That was one of I mentioned. Indianapolis, but we were talking about the NFC. Indianapolis and Arizona. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't see the drop-offs uh, that Peter sees for those two teams. Yeah, I think it's more of a statement. I'm, I'm more with you on the Indianapolis than the – Cardinal one, because the Cardinal one, as I said, way back hour in the morning, if you miss it, that's just a prediction that they're going to have quarterback issues, that Kyler Murray's either going to hold out or uh, not play or not show up till in season. Oh, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins out till week seven, uh, seven for six weeks, and the Eagles yeah. play them early enough that they're going to miss DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, I, I see where Peter's coming from, but I think it's purely a prediction on Murray not being their quarterback for all 17 games this year. Colts, not as much. And you're right. They were nine and eight. They did just miss the playoffs net last year. So coming back to 21 would be a slight step backwards. I don't know that I see that either, but if it does happen, yeah, I think uh, then, yeah, then he could be in trouble. Um, but I think they got better at quarterback. I really do. Uh, so now right. other people, if you think Matt Ryan's got nothing left, then maybe he's got an issue. I I didn't necessarily, obviously, a bad team, uh, Lana, uh, but not necessarily because of Matt Ryan. He was still playing at a at a pretty high level. So, and thirty seven, the way he plays the game, I I don't I don't think that's an issue. But I do believe that uh, again, trying to speculate here on Peter's line of thinking, 
Yeah, there's a couple teams in the AFC that have gotten better and maybe moved past the Colts like the Denver Broncos because they've had a guy like Russell Wilson. We shall see. All right, Jay Mack, it is uh, the two hours have come and gone. Went by uh, like a house of fire. I say we try this again in 22 hours. Uh, Brad Spielberg's going to join us. And Pat Leonard from the uh, New York Daily News. Uh, figure we get a giant guy on, give us a little bit more information about the newest Eagle cornerback, James Bradbury. See how Big Blue's offseason is going. Give you my opinion. Not great, but that's just one man's opinion. We'll get a more educated one with Pat Leonard tomorrow. We'd be back and do this in 22 hours. You up for it, McMullen? Let's do it. Back and Mac coming back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.